I'm Jason Ariola, and this is Rock Out with Your Card Out. Another big anniversary kind of snuck up on me here, and uh, without realizing it, uh, one of my favorite games, one of my two favorite games, and I think you know which one I'm talking about, uh, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, turned 30 years old a few days ago. It uh, came out November 21st on the Super Famicom, and uh, ended up coming out April 1st, 1992, in North America. It's kind of crazy how old this game is now. It's remarkably held up amazingly well over the years, and is still... I would say maybe the high point for the Zelda series at times. I love the original Legend of Zelda. You can hear me kind of rant and rave about it in the uh, game club we did. I'll have links to all the Zelda podcasts we've done previously on the site. And there's something about A Link to the Past, though. It's so well put together. It looks really, really great still. And, of course, it still sounds amazing. The music in this really kicked off a lot of things that I didn't really realize were originally kicked off here in sort of staples for the series from there on out. It's, I don't know. This game is super important to me, and if you've listened to this podcast or a bunch of the other podcasts I've done, you know that, you know, my grandma was very important to me, and she basically kind of helped me get through this game. I got stuck in the Ice Palace in the Dark World, and um, after getting stuck for, a while, like, I think it was like two weekends or three weekends or something, I don't know. It was like I was just getting to the point of frustration that I was going to throw in the towel on the game. My grandma's told me, why don't you pull on the tongue on the statue? And I was like, don't, oh, Graham, that's stupid. She's like, just try it. Maybe it'll do something. And I was like, okay. I, I was like, look, see, it's not going to end open up the door I was trying to get through. And I was like, oh. So, yeah. <laughs> I probably would have thrown in the towel on the link to the past that for my grandma, which was kind of, uh, yeah, keeps that game near and dear to my heart after all these years. That and, you know, every single time a Zelda game would come out, Jason, did you get the new Zelda game? Or would, Jason, do you want the new Zelda game? <laughs> Because, you know, as I got older, I just ended up buying it for myself because she she always wanted to buy them for me because it was sort of our thing. So I've told the story on the podcast before, but, you know, the whole thing of me loving Zelda sort of came down from her randomly picking up the gold cartridge from somebody that she worked with at Target. And the only reason she picked it up was at her well, not her previous place of business, uh, but uh, a place she had worked at at one point was paging her one day, just constantly. She was getting annoyed by it because they were just Florence, come do this, Florence, come here, Florence, 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 Florence. She just got tired of it, and somebody eventually like just broke the camel's back on her with her patience, and she just ignored it and she said, "Florence, we've been paging you." She's like, "My name's not Florence; it's Zelda," and she just saw Zelda on there, and it just kind of stuck and started a a lifelong love affair with the series for me outside of Skyward Sword because I can't even get fucked because it sucks. (laughs) Anyway, so what we're going to do today is listen to, I would say, almost the entirety of the Link to the Past soundtrack. 
in the same way as Halo, it's kind of a momentous game as well as a soundtrack, and it just still really holds up very well. Even that faux, you know, um, Super Nintendo Orchestra, as early as this was in the Super Nintendo's life, it still sounds really amazing, whereas a lot of uh, early Super Nintendo stuff can be a little, a little lacking at times. Now, I don't know how you'd be listening to this podcast and not know that Koji Kondo was the composer on this. So rather than go over his entire history, why don't we just kind of take a quick glance at the work that Koji Kondo did before A Link to the Past. The more notable stuff is Punch-Out for the Arcade, The Mysterious Murasame Castle, Super Mario Bros., The Legend of Zelda, of course, Yumi Kojo Doki Doki Panic, Super Mario Bros. 3, Super Mario World, and Pilot Wings for the Super Nintendo. That right there... You could probably just settle in for the rest of your career on that and be pretty content because, yeah, it's kind of amazing that you see anybody's list of games like that and it's like, oh, holy shit, this guy really, really did some work there. And you'd think, no, you know, they've done enough. And then to release some even more of the all-time greats is uh, kind of astounding for one man to do. As for the uh, soundtrack itself, I've had the CD, I think it's a double CD, where it's A Link to the Past soundtrack, and before that it's the original Legend of Zelda soundtrack, along with um, re-orchestrations, or orchestrations, or more arrangements, I guess, I think they're synthesized orchestrations, along with like a drama track thing in between each track, if I'm remembering correctly. The titles for those are a little bland, so what I did was I actually pulled up a different list, because it didn't have every piece of music in the game, and uh, somebody over on one of the sites I pulled music from uh, went through the trouble of titling all of these things, some really cool titles, so I'm just going to run with these. It's uh, much like the Tecmo Super Bowl soundtrack that we, I, yeah, we, I guess technically we did, uh, Dominic and I, way, way, way back, like, at this point, nearly 50 episodes ago or something like that. Oh, God, have I been doing this? That? Okay, yeah, I guess I have. Anyway, um... Yeah, where they like put like creative titles to each track, and I thought it was kind of cool. So we're going to do that. So the first track we're going to be listening to is actually two kind of combined because they just mesh in together really well. And that is Title and then Seal of the Seven Maidens together, which is what plays when you start the game and then just sort of let the uh, opening demo thing run. Thank you. 
It's almost weird for me to hear uh, Seal of the Seven Maidens and not have the little thing as the text is scrolling through. It's it just implanted in my head for some reason, and I just, yeah. Anyway, just having that just opening kicker with the Triforce, you know, spinning through in, uh, you know, sort of, uh, they're supposed to sort of look like polygons, but yeah, nice little uh, trick the Super Nintendo was pulling. And just the chink as it clunked together with the um, Master Sword busting through it. It's it's a hell of an opening for a Super Nintendo game. And as a uh, very impressionable uh, 10-year-old when this came out and I got it, yeah, because this had to be my 10 year yeah, because it came out in 92, so I would have been 10 years old in June of 92. So yeah, that would have... Uh, this would have been like my birthday present when I turned 10, because, yeah, oh boy, yeah. I kind of still hold every Zelda game up to this, and I don't think anything's ever lived up to it for me. I, As much as I love Breath of the Wild, I have had no desire to go back to it since I kind of put it down finally. I've tried a couple of times, and it just kind of doesn't grab me. It's a brilliant game, and I really appreciate that people get into it, but open world stuff really isn't my thing for the most part. I, I can kind of get into Assassin's Creed, but there's more... I don't want to say stuff to do as far as like plot goes, but there's kind of more stuff to do in that. And yeah, um, I mean, you know, narrative's never been Zelda's strong point. It's always been sort of a thing. And I just, I don't know. Yeah. But this, I think it was just the perfect thing for me at the time of my life because I was 10 years old. I still had enough of an imagination to kind of fill in the gaps there of what the story was bringing to the table in the game itself and in this instruction manual. And it looked not real enough, but it looked real enough that I could really, really fill in the gaps. And I was so convinced a few times when, uh, you know, you get the Master Sword and Zelda gets kidnapped or whatever, like right after you leave the forest and screaming for help telepathically to you. I I was so convinced that if you rushed over there, you could get it, get her. You know, I was like, I can do this. I can do this. And yeah, that's just not possible. So it, I got very invested in a lot of the games I played and emotionally this was one I got very invested in and yeah I I don't want to say just I had a really strong imagination as a kid that really let me just get into these worlds and like just live in them and be Link to the point that that this one was just amazing and I just got so lost in this game and played it so so much and continuing to play it actually it's been quite a while since I've played it it's been well over a year I think it might be time for me to at least get through the Master Sword run because I normally do that where I'll at least try to get the Master Sword and uh yeah even if that's all I do it's just still something I enjoy doing because those first three dungeons are really good and getting the Master Sword for me is like sort of the like okay I, I got enough Zelda in in one sitting I can I can kind of move on as speaking of moving on, why don't we go ahead and do that rather than me rambling more about Zelda. So the next track is called Beginning of the Journey. Nothing crazy here, just the nice little pretty menu music, and yeah. You know, it, it's a nice holdover from the original Zelda that they just brought this over, and there are a lot of themes that get brought over from the original Zelda that work out pretty well here, and you know, 
just getting that faux kind of orchestra thing going with the Super Nintendo was really cool. And really has just been ingrained in me ever since that uh, this is sort of the definitive Zelda game, if you will. Because, yeah, it's just one of the best games ever made, plain and simple. And it's astounding that 30 years later, it still holds up as a really great game. Anyway, moving on to the next one. That is Time of the Falling Rain. And that is when you uh, have your uncle wake up and head out and you go follow him without a weapon of any sort. And, uh, yeah, go. Gotta go uh, see what's going on with Zelda because she gets with you telepathically, or not gets with you, uh, gets in contact with you telepathically. Gets with you telepathically sounds kind of dirty. Something like uh, Jean Grey would do in, uh, in X-Men or something like that. Yeah, anyway, moving on. I'm a little embarrassed to admit that I maybe didn't notice originally that Time of the Falling Rain and Seal of the Seven Maidens were very, very similar. I think I noticed it, but just never really like thought about it too hard, I guess, just because I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just one of those things that just you notice, but you don't really pay attention to, I suppose. All right, moving on to the next one, and that is Majestic Castle, and that is uh, the Hyrule Castle theme, which is um, pretty, uh, pretty grandiose, if you will. Thank you. 
The term epic gets thrown around pretty uh, loosely anymore. And I'm not saying that this is specifically epic, but when you kind of boil right down to it, what the Super Nintendo was capable of and what was going on during this era, really, I can't think of too many more soundtracks outside of ActRaiser that have such an epic-sounding soundtrack. It, you know, so, so early in the Super Nintendo's life. This thing is just really, it's almost bombastic, and maybe that's why I like it so much. It's, as I just said, bombastic. It's, uh, as I said in the previous segment, grandiose. It just has a lot of... There's just a lot to it, and it's really impressive how Koji Kondo got this to convey through. I'm really hoping he didn't steal this from somebody like he did a bunch of other tracks, because Jesus, man. Uh, you can go check out a few episodes ago where I went over some stuff that Koji Kondo just uh, kind of ripped off, or not ripped off, but definitely got some inspiration from, even if it was a little heavy and a little obvious in some instances, but yeah. So... You can see how this would be affecting to a 10-year-old with a very vivid imagination and who probably didn't realize it yet, but really had a deep love of video game music uh, helping things along. Again, this is one of those things that just clicked with me very early on and didn't really realize it till I was much older, like how much I enjoyed video game music just because of the memories that they brought back and the things that they could inspire in your brain. There's, I, I, I've talked about, I've talked about this before, maybe on the air. I, I've talked about this before off the air. I don't know if I've brought this up on the air, but there's a lot of like soundtracks to movies, you know, really great orchestration stuff. And I can't remember the themes for the life of me. Now, maybe it's because I don't really invest that heavily in like Marvel movies, but the Avengers theme, every time I hear it, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's catchy. And then, Five minutes after the Avengers movie is over, the theme goes off. I don't remember a note of it. I could not hum you a bar of the damn thing. It's, yeah, I, I just, maybe it's just because I'm more into video games and movies, I suppose. But yeah, it just has something to do with it. Or I'm also into video game movies, which you can uh, check in on with Multimedia Failure, one of my other podcasts I do. <sighs> yeah, I'm not into video game movies. This is more just of a um, torture device for myself, I suppose. <laughs> Anyway, moving on, why don't we go ahead and move on to the next one, and that is Princess Zelda's Rescue, which uh, is the first time the Zelda theme ever really pops up.
It wasn't until I would say, admittedly, uh, maybe when I was in my like late teens, early twenties, that it, it clicked that this was the first time uh, Zelda's lullaby ever got used. And it was like, uh, oh, oh, okay. And just a theme that's kind of stuck with the series ever since. You know, of course, there's been a lot of themes that stick with the series, but this was one that, you know, debuted in A Link to the Past, and I was very much like, oh, oh, this is a thing. Okay, cool. All right, moving on is uh, probably my least favorite track in the whole soundtrack, and maybe one of my least favorite Zelda pieces of music in the history of ever, because it just sounds weird. I d- anyway, we'll talk about it here in a second, and that is Safety in a Sanctuary. I think the thing that bothers me the most about this track is the fake choral arrangement. The organ, not so bad, I guess, but just that fake choral arrangement thing is just, ugh, has never hit my ear right. Even the version in A Link Between Worlds didn't really hit my ear right, and I think, damn, I'm trying to remember, I may have even settled on that one even being worse because the sound quality sort of was improved, and it still sounded bad. <laughs> I don't remember, and I really, really don't want to go back through that soundtrack and listen to that track in particular because bleh anyway why don't we just go ahead and move on to the next one and that is hyrule field main theme which is my absolute favorite version of this i could listen to this one nearly endlessly The first time you hear this version of this is when you bust through the sanctuary doors and just start walking through Hyrule and you kind of realize like, oh man, this is, this is huge. This is beautiful looking and just so colorful. 
And then going from the sanctuary theme to this is really, hmm, you know, I think I just pieced together something. I think that's why this is my favorite version, just because of the, uh, the, the low point that the sanctuary track is. And then coming up to this, maybe that might have something to do with like why this one impressed on me so much because boy, oh boy, again, I've heard the Hyrule field theme over and over and over and over again. And you know, so many different iterations, so many different remixes of it. And this still to this day is my favorite version of it. It's just amazing sounding. And just that explosion of this track, when you walk out of the sanctuary doors and you're just kind of left to your own devices, it's astounding. And it really impresses the hell out of me that I can listen to this thing 30 years on and still just be like, yeah, Hyrule, let's go do this thing. And it always makes me want to go explore. It always makes me want to play this game. And that's something that's, I think, really integral to a video game soundtrack is bringing back the memories of playing the game. It's not just there to kind of be a mood piece, effectively. It's there to do that. But I think that's one thing that video game music does so well is being able to bring you back to the place you were when you originally played it, be that a good place or a bad place. I mean, listening to the Ease 8 soundtrack, even at work, I am brought back to the, you know, me sitting on the couch playing it uh, to review it like three weeks early, two weeks early before it came out. And boy, oh boy, that was that was a lot of fun for me. That was the first Ease game I got early. Actually, it was the first Falcom game I got early. And I, man, I just adored that game. It was <sighs> yeah, I mean, it was my game of the year for whatever year that was. It came out in like 2000-something, I don't remember at this point. But yeah, it, uh, absolutely one of my favorite games. That, or not absolutely one of my favorite games. My favorite game that year, and absolutely one of my favorite Ease games, period. Just That soundtrack is just killer. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Ease 8 or Falcom at all, because I need to stop talking about Falcom in every goddamn episode. Anyway, uh, yeah, so this, this version of the Hyrule Field main theme, I feel just really is brought up to more of a high specifically because of the sanctuary track because you go from this kind of low-key not great sounding piece to just this anthem like a national anthem sounding thing just exploding out there and you know the cymbals crashing and everything you're just like holy shit there's like an orchestra in my super nintendo it's kind of cool it's a little muffled but you know it sounds really great Oh boy. So, okay. So as you go, the first thing you're supposed to do is head over to Kakariko Village to go figure out, um, you know, like how to get the Master Sword. And on your way there, you might stumble across the Fortune Teller. never hear this in the game so it was just sort of nice to explore because you know you go to the fortune teller to get advice if you're lost and really at this point i maybe have a hard time remembering like a heart piece or two here and there but beyond that like i have this game just memorized backwards and forwards and it doesn't really serve any purpose to me but you know it's just a clever little track i think that you just kind of works for what it's supposed to be doing you know you get this kind of creepy witch with a crystal ball she helps you out there and well, she's not really creepy, I guess, but just the mood in there. You walk in there and it's just like, oh, hey, how you doing? You don't know where you're supposed to go? Well, let me help you. Give me some rupees. And yeah, just kind of weird. But yeah, all in all, I, yeah, it's just one of those things that it's sort of a one-off and all in all, pretty cool. So we're going to go ahead and move on to Kakariko Village. Mm -hmm. 
It isn't my favorite version of Kakariko Village, but it definitely is one of those ones that holds a lot of nostalgia for me. It's, I think this is the first time this, yeah, this is the first time it comes up, and it's also just a integral part of my memories with my grandma, because she truly liked this. It was just a pretty little piece, and she kind of enjoyed me walking around town because it was just nice to, I guess... Here's something pretty instead of uh, maybe a little bombastic or even a little like creepy with the dungeon themes and even some of the later iterations of this she always enjoyed and it always just sort of uh, this is the theme that takes me back to a lot of memories of my grandma because she always enjoyed it. This is like the one piece of Zelda music that she was like really into. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on, we're going to go on to the guessing game house, which is a uh, nice way to make money if you are playing on emulation and you can just use a save point and just cheat the system that way. This one has always stressed me out a little bit, just because I have a lot of memories of the Super Nintendo one and sitting there trying to gamble my rupees away. And since there was no real saves coming for it, it was just sort of like, a, oh, am I going to make it? Oh, am I going to make it? Oh, am I going to make it? Oh, yeah, yeah, I won some money. Oh, no, I lost everything. I have zero rupees at this point. And because I've been trying to make money this way instead of uh, maybe finding a different route to go. But yeah. All right. Moving on is uh, when uh, when somebody narks on you in Kakariko. It's uh, the soldiers of Kakariko Village. Yeah, there are two people who believe that Link actually kidnapped Zelda, and uh, these two dum-dums fall for it every time they see you and call call uh, soldiers, and it kind of pisses me off. Uh, granted, you can just go run off screen, they come right back and everything's back to normal, but yeah, just like, hey, 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 what the hell, no, 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 they tried to save her, no, 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 you just, anyway, yeah. Thankfully, they're not really particularly a big threat or anything, but it's still just like, ah, crap, <laughs> yeah. All right, next up is the Goddess Appears, which is the, like, fairy fountain theme. Well, if that sounded familiar, that's also uh, beginning of the journey, just with a uh, harp intro. But yeah, a little pretty theme, and yeah, just nice to throw it back in there. So anyway, moving on, the next one is Dank Dungeons. Mm -hmm. 
I think it has a lot to do with just the little water and puddle sound effects that they throw in there. But yeah, I really get the feeling of exploring a uh, just kind of just gross cave you know it's kind of damp and just got water pooled everywhere and just like i don't want to be here this is creepy the unfortunate thing with uh links to the past i think maybe one of the only like design things that i was like eh, is you don't really get that because the game is so bright and colorful even in the dungeon there or not the dungeon but like these caves that you walk in randomly and throughout hyrule it's just yeah the the, the music sets the mood much better than the image does because it kind of just looks like other parts of the game and it's not really that much like oh hey this is this is supposed to be a yucko cave you know <laughs> so yeah and also when i think dank i think of uh you know the, like the term like dank memes i don't really think of like a dank cave so maybe uh, maybe damp dungeon or something like that is what i'm like i guess wanting more i guess for the title but hey whatever and moving on the next one is the blight world dungeon theme and that is called lost ancient ruins Somehow, this track just conveys that you're exploring a dangerous place. Koji Kondo did a killer job with this one. It's one of those tracks that really just... Every time I think about it, I think about the first time you go into the first dungeon. And really just, yeah, really kind of hits the mood pretty well there. Alright, and after you get done exploring one of the dungeons, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to fight one of the bosses and listen to Anger of the Guardians. Again, this is another one of those tracks that just kind of feels weird not hearing the boom, boom, 
woo sound effect every time you hit a boss, especially the first one where there's six of those dancing statues and yeah, you're just sitting there pelting them with arrows from a corner and yeah, it's just, it's one of those things that for me, I have a hard time separating the sound effects and the actual music from, but yeah, nice, uh, nice intense music and just, uh, keeps you kind of, keeps you kind of on your toes. Once you've kind of learned the tricks to the bosses, they're not really that difficult, but this one in particular, the first time I heard it, it was just like overwhelming. You see these gigantic statues just bouncing around in a circle, then charging at you. And there's six of them. It's like, Oh my God. 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 I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And, uh, yeah, this really uh, set the uh, stress level up pretty high when I was a kid. All right, moving on, this is your victory theme, which is called Great Victory, with an exclamation point. So, Great Victory! Yeah, I... I, I anyway, I'm going to just move on and play that. Yeah, really... Mm. Nice little hype anthem there that you won. Really great stuff. Uh, there's not much to say about it, because it's just kind of a little short clip there but you know it was definitely worth including because um yeah just really integral part of the game is when you beat one of the bosses and you clear that you know you've got a bunch of bosses to get through and you just get that little victory anthem and you're just very proud of yourself for having done it all right now you don't necessarily get there onto death mountain before you finish the second dungeon because you could get the power glove and leave and do like I do and just go catch some more heart pieces before I finish up that and go get some other stuff. But when you get to the top of Death Mountain, you are going to stumble across a portal to the Dark World and you get turned into our next track, which is The Silly Pink Rabbit. totally an underutilized theme that you don't get to hear very much of um it's really just evokes that uh you know that jerk who turns into like a demon looking thing kicking the uh kicking the little guy turning into a ball around he's just yeah complete and utter asshole and uh i mean yeah it's nice that they made friends with each other after all is said and done at the end of the game but yeah you're just kind of like you're a you're a real jackass for doing that and you're this adorable little pink rabbit which matches your uh your pink hair nintendo admit it he's got pink hair if you don't see that, I, I don't know. Okay, moving on to the next one, and that is Forest of Mystery, which is the Lost Woods theme. Now, of course, you can get into the Lost Woods before. There's even a heart piece in there that would be beneficial. Also, the magic mushroom that you can go take over to a witch on the, uh, you know, ass and other side of the map and get some uh, magic powder to help you along. But, yeah, you know, there's... um. There's really no other reason to go there, so there's, like, no integral reason to get in there until you have to get the Master Sword after you get the three pendants. And after uh, fighting that bullshit boss in the Tower of Hera, yeah, I, uh, I feel like that's a nice reward for that. So uh, here is the Forest of Mystery for the Lost Woods. <laughs> Thank you. 
Just a really great, you know, faux, but uh, string section here in there. And it, every time I hear this, it really just takes me back to, you know, rushing in there, getting the Master Sword, or even the first time going through there, finding a sword, and you pull it up, and like, this is it, this must be the Master Sword. Oh, wait, no, no, it's not. And you kind of just throw it there, because it was just a junk sword just laying there to throw you off. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on is the uh, little anthem that plays when you get the Master Sword, and that is unsealing the Master Sword. Hell of an anthem there. Hell of an anthem there. Just really, really just drives home the point that you are doing something magical and important and just amazing. And yeah, it's just, ah, uh, yeah. Even if you haven't played this game before, which I don't know what you're doing if you haven't played Link to the Past before. But yeah, you, you kind of get the feeling that the soundtrack is really something that, not epic, but important and great. And just really fits the mood of this game so well. Okay, moving on. After your fight into Hyrule Castle to go save Zelda after she's been kidnapped by Agnihim, I think that's how you say it? I don't remember. Um, yeah, if you're really curious on how to pronounce it correctly, I found a way to actually say it correctly on the game club I did a few years ago, and that'll be in the show notes. You can go check that out. Anyway, here is the theme that plays while you are watching Zelda get transported into the Dark World, which is uh, not a good thing. Things have gone to hell. dark, foreboding, things don't seem to be going very well, and then you've got to go fight him, which, when I was a kid, yeah, it was a pretty tough fight, and I would have been, I don't want to say content, but I would have been pretty content with just that being the final fight, and, you know, you kill him, and uh, Zelda gets freed somehow, I don't know how that would work, but yeah, it just would have been fine with me, but, you know, there's that whole thing of, like, the Master Sword is the only thing I can stop this wizard, and guess what, you can use the bug catching net to reflect his magic back, which is kind of ridiculous and feels very uh, very amusing to do it's like haha you're this all-powerful wizard that i can't actually harm you physically with your body but what i'm going to do is fling your magic back at you with a fucking bug catching net <laughs> which is one of my favorite things to do in link to the past is just use the bug catching net during that it's a little less accurate than the master sword but you know it does the trick all right moving on is uh the theme you hear when you land in the dark world and that is dark golden land Thank you. 
absolutely one of my favorite Zelda pieces, and uh, it, it's hard not to like it. You know, you go from the Hyrule Field main theme, and you're kind of bummed you don't hear that for a while, because you're like, oh, well, I'm trapped in the Dark World now. But yeah, then you realize, like, oh, I've got the Magic Mirror, I can just flip back on over kind of whenever I want, no big deal. And yeah, this, this one really gives a good impression of just the... I want to say dark, but the uh, not not good place you're in anymore. Things have really gone to shit. Even though you have the Master Sword, you are now still having a hard time killing some of the things because they take a lot more hits. And you know, Master Sword or not, it's still uh, in a weakened state, and you're just going to be struggling with uh, some of the boss or not bosses, but some of the enemies for a while because you know you go from like all of a sudden like wiping the floor with nearly everything with the Master Sword when you first get it after having, you know, your uncle's sword to, ah, uh, crap, this thing isn't going to do the trick now, is it? Oh, boy, I need to need to figure out a way to get this thing powered up, and of course you do that, so. All right, and moving on, the next one is the Death Mountain theme for the Dark World, and that is titled Black Mist. If the Dark World theme kind of lets you know how dangerous things can be, this is very imposing, letting you know you are in a place you should not be. You are literally going up against Ganon's kind of stronghold, and uh, things are uh, things are not very good if you're there. Yeah. All right, moving on, and that is the dungeon theme for the Dark World, which is even more uh, kind of creepy and intimidating than the dungeon theme is in the Light World, which makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Anyway, moving on. Good analysis of music there, Jason. <laughs> Thank you. 
string section for this kind of really kills it really sets the mood and just yeah it makes you feel really uncomfortable it almost is like a horror movie and yeah just uh, some of these bosses or not bosses but some of these dungeons are a real bastard to get through i as i mentioned the ice palace one was one that i uh, really 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 got stuck on for a while which you know it seems absurd now as an adult and having played this game probably 20 something times it's like oh yeah this is pretty easy i don't know how i got stuck on this so yeah Anyway, uh, speaking of not getting stuck on things, why don't you go over to patreon.com slash games and junk and over there you can kick in a, any amount of money you kind of want to from a dollar on up for a dollar. You will get a hearty thank you and a uh, starting. That's where you start getting discord uh, roles. You get uh, colors for your name, which is special and stuff. I, 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 I'm kind of being drug kicking and screaming into discord. I, I enjoy it. It's not that I don't like it, it's just new for me, and now that uh, Vanessa kind of explained it to me as just, uh, you know, old school internet all in one place, I was like, oh, this makes a lot more sense. Okay, I, I get it now. It's like a BBS. Okay, makes sense. Makes makes a lot more sense. So, yeah. For that dollar a month, you'll get that, and a uh, thank you from me on uh, on Patreon. For $3 a month, you will get the bonus episodes of Rocket With Your Card Out, which are a exploration of the music that came out in that half of the month that we're in. So the next one will be the late half of November for the years 1986, because I do these in uh, five-year increments. So 1986, 1991, 1996, 2001, 2006, 2011, and 2016, and next year it'll be that. I'd go back further if there was music worth talking about, but you know, music in 1981 for video games was a little non-existent. So yeah, maybe next year, maybe 1982, we'll get some stuff. I don't think we will, but I guess we'll see. We will find out. You will also get bonus segments on Multimedia Failure. The latest episode, we did Dante's Inferno, and we, for the bonus segment, we decided uh, what we did. I picked a random celebrity gem generator thing, and we decided which celebrities are going to hell and what uh, circle of hell they're going to be in. It's all fun. We... A lot of them landed on greed, because after a certain amount of money, you're just greedy, and I guess you just go to hell for that. So, yeah. Anyway, you can also hear uh, Vanessa, my co-host over there, uh, explain how she's narcoleptic <laughs> in, some, in, in some ways. It's, I don't want to say adorable, but it's kind of adorable. And you will also get all the podcasts we do over here on Games and Junk at a higher quality audio rate and in a handy catch-all feed for the Patreon thing at $3 a month. And for $5 a month, you will also get a thank you and shout-out on the show. So the people that are supporting at that level, I have to thank Vanessa Cahill, John Lucero, Alex Messenger, Josh Carpenter, Eric, and Ethan Cooper for doing that. I really appreciate how much they've contributed to this because it just means a lot to me that uh, people like the stuff I do enough that they want to kick in some money. It really means the world to me. 
And there's a couple other tiers there too. I think it's like $10 a month. You get to pick an episode topic for either multimedia failure, um, or, you know, the video game movie podcast, the game club, or this podcast, which would work pretty well because you're listening to this one. So clearly, you know, if that's something you want to do, then you can do that. And I think for $15 a month, and it's sort of like a one-time donation thing. So that's, you know, if you want to bump back down to like $3 a month after that, that's perfectly okay too. You can also be a guest on the show. I think it's 15. I think it's 10 to 15 is what I did, but just go check on patreon.com slash games and junk and you'll see what, what's what there. We can we can hash that out. So yeah, why don't we go ahead and just move on from the plugs because I try to put those in the middle of the show because uh, you know maybe a lot of people skip them at the end. But yeah, so once you beat the boss in a dungeon in the Dark World, you get to meet the maidens, and uh, this track is titled "Meeting the Maidens." While it is just a different arrangement of Zelda's lullaby or Zelda's theme, however you want to look at it, it's a very pretty arrangement and works very well for this game. And yeah, it's just one of those things that I don't know if they could have done anything different. It just feels, it feels really well suited for what it was doing. You know, you just get to talk to this woman who tells you a little bit of the backstory of the game and everything. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. So this is what happened. All right, moving on. All right, and moving on to the next track, too, actually, that was, a, that was a nice little segue there, is the track that plays after you free the Seven Maidens, and things seem like they're going to be okay, and then Ganon pops up and is released and kind of flies off, and, um, yeah, then you realize, like, oh, God, I'm the legendary hero, and things just keep seeming to go to shit. This is not working. This is this does not seem to be working well, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, so here's the track that plays when you release Ganon, and that is called Release of Ganon. I probably should have found a better way to seg- segue that one. One good segue per segment, that's what you get, and unfortunately the one that segued into the track wasn't it, so here it is. Alright, and Ganon flies away as a bat, and then crashes through the Golden Temple, or the Temple, or, yeah, Golden Temple I think is what it is, anyway. Yeah, and so you go head off to go fight him, and then the battle theme with him plays, and that is the Prince of Darkness.
good heavy percussion in there just really sets the mood that uh yeah this is this is it this is the final fight and if you lose this you're screwed and of course you win because you're the legendary hero of hyrule and uh, you go get the triforce and you hear this and that's titled power of the gods Another one of those pieces that unfortunately you only hear once because, you know, it's part of the ending and is just really pretty, really sets the mood that, you know, you've been on this very difficult journey and you've won. You've overcome everything and everything's going to be okay. You've managed to turn things around and get things to go the way they should be. And with that, you will move on to the next track and that is Epilogue, Beautiful Hyrule.
How about that? You know, Link's uh, wish is to just fix everything. Make Hyrule the beautiful place it was before, and all the people just a-okay. Your uncle comes back. Uh, you know, the kid who got turned into a tree in the uh, little grove there comes back. It's, uh, you know, even the kid that got sick and gave you his butt-catching net gets better. And it's it's all very sweet and really just uh, hammers home uh, just how much you went through in this game. It's really impressive. All right, moving on to the last track, and that is the staff roll, which is just another little pretty ambient piece that plays while the credits are rolling.
And that's that. That is The Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past soundtrack. And boy, yeah, for me, it's an emotional journey every time I hear this thing. It's just one of those soundtracks that uh, just really stays embedded in my head. And I've always loved the soundtrack. Like I said, I, I paid a pretty penny for that CD, that double CD, years ago. And it's still in my collection. It's boxed up because, you know, I don't ever listen to CDs anymore. If I actually listen to anything physical, it's vinyl, as I sit here with my vinyl player next to me. And uh, the Rondel of Blood soundtrack on there, which is another episode I did. Through. Episode 31 was the first episode I did without Dominic and had John on, uh, one of my co-hosts from uh, Multimedia Failure at the Game Club. So, yeah, uh, that, good episode. Uh, much like this, I hope. <laughs> I... I was trying something a little bit different, again, kind of like um, like I did with Mega Man X, where it's a little bit more of a personal story, I guess, as I played, or, you know, kind of walk you through the game and give you some personal anecdotes through it. I'm not going to do this all the time just for games that kind of mean something to me, and I can kind of walk you through it that way. I don't have much else to say, so why don't you just go ahead and uh, quit listening to this podcast and go enjoy yourself and play A Link to the Past, because it's an amazing game and available on many, many platforms at this point. Uh, you know, if you've got pretty much any Nintendo platform, you can play it. If you've got the Switch, it's available on the Switch Online thing for 20 bucks a year. Don't, 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 don't do those 64 and uh genesis games because dear god why would you do that to yourself for that much money a year anyway um yeah and you can also uh get it on the new 3ds on the wii u and all the wii's down but yeah um you know there's just a ton of ways to play a link to the past i mean hell you could play the game boy advance game i believe yeah it's also on the super nintendo mini or junior or whatever it is so yeah anyway that'll that'll wrap up this episode i appreciate you listening and uh stay tuned in a few days i think it'll be friday i'll actually put out another episode dedicated to a link to the past this time it will be remixes like my favorite remixes that i've accumulated over the years mostly from overclock remix much like the original the legend of zelda remix and soundtrack episode of Rock Out With Your Card Out I did a few months ago. Actually, it was like January, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in January, I believe. So, yeah. So, if you like that, you know, you get to hear some remixes of stuff on Friday that I've really liked and have held on to over the years, including some newer stuff, I believe, that, uh, you know, have listened to it nearly as much because I just, yeah, just... As my video game uh, soundtrack interests have uh, grown, my ability to sit there and just listen to Zelda music and Zelda remixes ad nauseum has, uh, has kind of waned a little bit. So, yeah. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you guys in a few days. Great! I knew that groove was in your heart.